0: Yep, she knows sports Check out Britney and Princess A never had it so good sports radio Thursdays at 7pm Eastern Time This duo gives it to you straight With no chaser If you can handle it, tune in And get your sports news, opinions And so much more every week From she knows sports Intensity is not a perfume Join us Thursday on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello. Hello. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself Brittany Jones alongside Princess Cooper right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hi, Miss Princess. How are you today?
1: I like that. I like that. I'm doing good, Brittany.
0: How are you? I'm doing I'm doing good. Yeah, I know we were talking about uh, uh prior prior to the show, before we started, allergies. I'm with you on that one. Allergies has been kicking my butt. But I guess that's a good thing because that means winter is going to be is going to soon pass by and here comes spring. So
1: has as is good as yeah. not so good. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that spring is coming for sure. We you know, I, I thought this winter was really cold. There was some uh, I, I would say cold for South Carolina. Um, we don't see many, you know, ten or fifteen, and we saw some of that this year, um, and some mm-hmm. snow. So, and I am just complaining to somebody, preaching to the choir, because I know what kind of temperatures you all had up there.
0: Uh, actually, surprisingly this summer, this winter has not been bad at all. It has been a lot warmer than normal. I felt like we kind of got wow. California's weather, and they got all of our mm-hmm. snow.
1: Cause Southern yeah. California had a
0: blizzard, which is crazy, and we
1: have yet to have and a expecting another winter. one. Yes. Expecting another one in you know the northern part of the state there, and it is March, mm-hmm. um, so yes. you know um, safety. You know, praying for safety for those in California. But Brittany, I'm ready. At- Top some sports. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, let's get into it. Let's
0: talk some sports. All right. So this past week, as you we know, last week was the NFL Combine. And now all of a sudden this week comes breaking news after breaking news after breaking news when it comes to the <laughs> NFL. And I'm going to start with not quite the biggest one, but I'm going to start with some interesting ones. First, we're going to start with um, earlier this week it was announced that quarterback Geno Smith in the Seattle Seahawks uh, have come to an agreement on a three year one hundred and five million dollar deal with fifty two million guaranteed. Do you think that was a good decision by uh Seattle with re signing Geno Smith?
1: Brittany, if you'd asked me that at the beginning of last year, um, I would have said no. I I, I was I was thinking that he was definitely at the end of his career and at best a a second-string quarterback holding the clipboard, you know, waiting just to to do whatever. But Geno Smith really surprised me. And for him to have over 4,000 yards passing and, you know, 30 TDs on on record and the interceptions were not that high, you know, um, and completion rate over 60%, you'd have to say he had himself a stellar year. And I never saw mm-hmm. that coming for sure. So reward him. I think that is their best option at quarterback, unless they want to get out here in the mix of what's going on in free agency or, you know, and they may, um, you know, draft themselves a quarterback somewhere in the late first round or early second. I don't know their, their draft, um, place in the first or second round. But yeah, I guess all of that to say yes. Congratulations, Geno Smith. You made me a believer. Um, I was very surprised. And he is, I guess, evident that you can, late in your career, make an impact, and he can still play this game in the NFL.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm happy for Geno, Geno Smith. He, like you say, he played very, very well. He was the most accurate quarterback um, in the NFL this year. Um, had the highest completion rate this year out of all quarterbacks, I believe. Like you said, 60 something percent. Um, I just wonder if Geno Smith prior to this ever really got an opportunity. Because I recall when he was in college, he was like one of the top quarterbacks coming out. Very um, highly scouted. Everybody really loved him. And then I think the team, I just felt like it was the system. A lot of times quarterbacks or players get stuck in these systems that just doesn't work with their skill set, and I kind of feel like that's what happened to him, and, and then ever since then, you know, people lose faith in you. They don't have faith, so he got his opportunity with Seattle after Russell Wilson left and really showed up and showed out. Um, he basically said, y'all forgot about me, huh? Well, I just showed y'all otherwise, so yeah, like you said, I think that he should have been higher, He should have been paid more than what another quarterback, whose name I won't speak of just yet, but we're going to talk about him in a second, <laughs> probably next. He should have been paid more than this particular quarterback. Um, yeah, and the fact that he only got, I think he only got, what, $35 million? So I do think it was a great decision for Seattle to re-sign him. Um, I do mm-hmm. believe they're in the top six. They have a top six pick this year because they traded into that pick. With, uh, the with the Broncos, because he got trade with the Broncos for Russell Wilson. That's right. So, and they may look to potentially uh, get a quarterback, or because they seems like they trust um, Geno Smith, and because that's a good quarterback, or that's a good contract for uh, a, a quarterback. So maybe they'll go and get somebody else. So this right now, this is Geno Smith's team. It was a very good decision. This allows. Seattle to do other things um, for their team to help the team improve without killing their salary cat. So I think that was absolutely yeah.
1: smart. Yeah, Britt, I, I want to say, too, that um, I think he was drafted by the Jets, and, and I'm pretty sure about that. Yes. And he looked pretty pedestrian with the Jets, but that can also – be um, a lot on the desk because they didn't have a very good offensive line, um, and the team itself, the franchise itself, was just not in a good place. And the second mm-hmm. thing is, is that that confrontation he had with the offensive lineman in the locker room. You know, the the lineman came to his camp, and um, Geno said, "Hey, I'll reimburse you for your travel and your stay, and I'll make sure and do that." It got to be two or three months later, and Geno Smith had not reimbursed them, And they got into an altercation in the locker room, of course, that broke Geno Smith's jaw. So mm-hmm. I think his record or his performance with the Jets, that incident um, left it where I didn't, I didn't think a lot of GMs and owners wanted to touch him. But here he becomes the backup um, of Russell Wilson, and a good backup, and then he gets the opportunity to prove himself in the off season. And, you know, the coach says he's our number one. Um, he's, he's number one on our staff and our depth chart, and we're not going to enter the free agency to get anybody else. We're looking for his mm-hmm. backup. Surprising. But congratulations, you proved me wrong. You know, I understand what happened before, but you're right. We may not, or the NFL may not have given him an opportunity to do any more up until this point.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, one thing I think Seattle needs to do, you know, of course they need better skill, skill players, um, But they have to get that offensive line fixed because when they went up against, I believe, I mean, granted, it was the 49ers, so it was a little different. But it was uh, a couple other teams. Those teams are running right (laughs) through that offensive line. So I think if they get that fixed, you still have D.K. Metcalf. You still have, I believe, Tyler Lockett is still there. You still have some good, skilled players. And I forgot the running back's name, but he's a young, talented running back. I think this team is going to uh, rise even further and get even better. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be very, very exciting. All right, guys, we're going to move on because I want to talk about this other quarterback. (laughs) They got paid all this money. Okay, we'll see. I'll just get into it. The Giants and quarterback Daniel Jones agreed to a four-year, $160 million deal with $35 million more in upside if you need certain milestones or goals, which puts him up there with the likes of quarterback Dak Prescott or Matthew Stafford. And if he obtains the additional $35 million on top of that, that puts him up there with almost the Patrick Mahomes uh, as far as when it comes to getting money. Did the Giants pay too much for quarterback Daniel Jones-Princess?
1: Oh, without a doubt without a doubt. I don't know if he's proven um, he's had that type of year yet where he gets that type of money, but he was coming out of his rookie contract, um, you know, but I thought the same thing in 2019 where he was picked, you know, um, sixth or seventh in the first round, you know, and they talked about Daniel Jones and his emergence and, you know, um, you know, where he was going to be. So, I'm surprised, though, that with his stats, and let's take that out of the way, that with what he has performed and done over the past four years, that this is where we are um, with money for him. It must be, too, that he's a good locker room guy and that everybody around him has said, okay, this is who we want. Um, We think he has the potential and we want to stay with him. And I think there were some people like – Saquon Barkley and others have said, he's the quarterback for our future. But that's a lot of money, I thought, to throw at a pedestrian, at best, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read the Geno Smith
0: stats off again. I know you did it earlier, but this is a reminder. So Geno Smith had was about 4,200 yards, I believe, uh, was a 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, and I believe you say about 62% completion rate. Sorry about a hundred quarterback rating ratings, something like that Daniel Jones, let's see, I believe was thirty two hundred yards fifteen interceptions, uh, fifteen touchdowns, five interceptions, about a ninety two quarterback rating, and his completion percentage was a lot less than sixty something percent I absolutely think, <laughs> and they neither one of them got past the first round i'm sorry um Actually, the Giants got past the first round of playoffs because so they played a lousy Vikings defense that just played terrible. So they didn't get very far. Neither team got very far in the playoffs. They both made it to the playoffs. I absolutely think the Giants paid way too much. They overpaid for Daniel Jones. Um, I felt like if you really wanted to play a quarterback, there were a few quarterbacks you could have went and got. Um, Lamar Jackson clearly is available. <laughs> um, you know, maybe at Aaron Rodgers, he probably wouldn't have wanted to come to the Giants because it's kind of more of a rebuild situation, so it's a little tough. Um, But I just don't think Daniel Jones is that talented, especially when it comes to passing the football. He's good when you're able to create plays where it opens up for him to run the football, but now that creates for other problems that could cause, like injury to him. It takes away from your your running back. It takes away from – uh your skill your receivers for them to go ahead and make plays um uh, and it slows the game down a little bit when your quarterback has to constantly run the ball all the time for him to really be successful so i just think he did have yeah. a good year under Brian Dable i just don't see that continuing i i really don't i think they're going to regret this decision in the long haul but you just never know we'll see
1: what happens Yeah, um, Brittany, I was very surprised at that. But I kind of thought that they were going to give him a long-term contract. Um, I didn't expect it to be where it is now. They gave him big-time money that puts him, I think, in in the top 10 as far as salary. And he's not a top 10 quarterback. Nope.
0: No, he's absolutely not a top 10 quarterback. Um, Maybe top 15. Yeah, I, I would say top 15. So I think he should have been in the range of what Geno Smith got, about that $35 million per year. For the, the fact that you're making more than Derek Carr, and I know Derek Carr didn't have a great season this year. I still think he's a better passer than Daniel Jones, um, is speaking volumes on on what's going on, whatever's going on with this giant organization to give him that much money. If it's my decision, I would have just franchise tagged him or let him walk. It would have been 35 a year. All right, guys, so we're going to go to, let's see. You know what? I'm going to save the best for last. So we're going to roll <laughs> right into the Derek Carr situation. Uh, after being released by the Raiders after the season ended, quarterback Derek Carr agreed to a four-year, $150 million deal, which equates to about $37.5 million per year with the New Orleans Saints. Do you think Derek Carr made the right decision to go to the Saints instead of the Jets?
1: I I think he did for several Mm -hmm. reasons here. Um, I I think the NFC South is is weak right now, and now the number one quarterback in the NFC South is Derek Carr. Um, I, I think the Falcons are still looking. The Buccaneers are saying that Kyle Trask is it, and he's never played. More than ten minutes in a game, um, an NFL game, you know, coming out of University of Florida, he's been sitting behind um, Tom Brady. So I don't know if they're really putting all their eggs in that basket. I'm sure they're going to draft someone in this upcoming NFL draft. And then who did I leave out? Um, The Buccaneers, the the Falcons, the the who else is what? Is the Dolphins the NFC South? No, Dolphins and AFCs. Yeah, AFCs. Yeah. One more. (laughs) (laughs) There's one more. I can't.
0: Panthers. Panthers. Yep. Did you say Panthers? Panthers. There you go.
1: That's it. Panthers. We worked that out. And the Panthers are looking for a quarterback. And they've made a change, you know, um, at head coach. So right now, I I think that was the best fit for him. He didn't want to wait on the Jets who are waiting on Aaron Rodgers. And, um, and the, the Saints have, the, you know, the number five defense in the NFL last year. So mm-hmm. they're loaded on defense, and there's Alvin Kamara. So, you know, I think this is a good situation for him. And um, I think they're stable, and let's see what happens for sure. But I, I congratulate him, and I think this is probably the best move he could have made after Josh McDaniels and the, and the Raiders said he's not a good fit for us anymore.
0: Yeah. um, You know what? I was sitting here thinking, you know, I felt like he should have went to the Jets. You know, you got the new, you have the New York market, um, which, you know, New York market is best when it comes to dollars, endorsements, whatever it may be. They may take a little bit more out of your check because of taxes. It's expensive to live in New York (laughs) um, or to work (laughs) in New York. But, you know, the other things that come with uh, playing in that market is just crazy. That's why a lot of teams, a lot of players want to play in markets like New York, Chicago, L.A., um, because they come, They know they're going to get a lot more uh, attention, media attention, which creates, generates more money from endorsement deals and so forth. Um, I like the Jets. I think they have a great young defense. They have some young players. But, Princess, you just convinced me to change my mind because you made a valid point of the division that they're in. They're in the NFC South. Um, the Saints, but the Jets are in the AFC East, which has the Bills, the Dolphins, the Patriots, mm-hmm. although the Patriots struggled last year. They're not going to stay down for it much longer.
1: The NFC South yes, Bill, is a Dolphins, much easier pass. Jets, and Patriots. Mm-hmm. It's, a yep. uh, it's a winnable division. It's a winnable and division, and I think everybody, yeah.
0: Yeah, very winnable division. Um, makes things easier because we don't, like you said, we don't know where the Bucks are going to be. We don't know where the Panthers are going to be. Um, with the Falcons, I know the Falcons have a lot of money, a lot of cap space, so we'll see them do a lot of different things. But right now we still don't know where they're at. So right now this is, you want to go to the playoffs? You want to be that NFC South team to go to the playoffs? This is the best way to get there, and I know that's what Derek Carr is looking for, so I do agree. My only concern is what's going on with Alva Kamara. He's always in something. Mm -hmm. Something is always going on with him. Michael Thomas, is he going to be on the team? And if he is on the team, is he going to play uh, on the team? I know they have Chris – I I can never say his last name. Chris Ole – or Whatever. Uh um, I, yeah, I think it's Ale, but you you're
1: you're close, Ale, I think that's it. But
0: Mhm. They have him, he's young, he's talented, but they need a lot more than just him. And like you mentioned, the defense is is great, but I know a couple pieces like Marcus Dav Davenport may not be there next year, so that could be an issue as well.
1: Yeah. You know, Brittany, I'm going to say this, and and I'm looking for teams this year because my um, awareness was peaked by the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm looking for for teams this year to make the kind of moves that the Eagles made in the draft mm-hmm. and in free agency and how they added talent that served them well. That was the reason that they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. And if the, if the um, Saints – you know, draft well and then make some moves in, in free agency. It tells me that they're serious and that they're putting all of their, their footballs, all their eggs at the 50 yard line on the logo and said, okay, let's go. That's what the Rams did the year before. That's what the Eagles did last year. You know, um, let's see what happens. What team does that emerges this year with that type, type mm-hmm. of move? And, and it, and it pans out. You'd have to say the Rams, every move they made was gold. The Eagles, every move they made were, were gold, and their their starters um, emerged and outplayed themselves from the year before, really um, mm-hmm. took the next step. So I'm looking for those type of teams, and, and will the Saints do that?
0: I, I give the Eagles a silver. They didn't get the Super Bowl win, so they get the silver.
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, but there's, you know, um, um, but I there's 30 other teams out there who would mm-hmm. rather have been off the couch and in your place with the opportunity to win. You know, all that noise. Oh, yeah, there were only two yep. that were left with that opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I do agree with you. Um, they just have to be smart about it. The only thing with the Rams, they did get the Super Bowl win, but the very next year they didn't do so well. What They won like four games, five at the max. Um, if they even got to five, so um, you just have to be smart when doing that. So, and I think you're right. I think they can make those decisions, and they have they don't have a first round. Well, actually, they do have a first round draft pick. It's just later. Um, mm-hmm. They do have some cap space. I do believe that's going to open up not a lot, but they have some. All right, guys, Princess, we're gonna go through the break if that's okay, because we still have some more things <laughs> to cover. Here. Let's go through the break. Um, Let's go through the break. All right. <laughs> So, you know what? I want to talk about him now because there's just so much going on. He has been in the news constantly. We have been trying to figure out what is going to happen with this particular quarterback for the last two or so years, and it is driving everybody crazy. And we still don't understand. Quarterback, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson and the Ravens could not decide on the contract extension yet. So the Ravens decided to franchise tag Lamar Jackson. Giving him a non-exclusive tag where it allows Lamar to go out um, to negotiate a deal with other teams, the Ravens will then have the ability to match any offer or receive two first round picks from the other team if they decide not to match that offer. So my first first question to you uh, to you, Princess, is, do you think it was a great move for both sides to give Lamar the non-exclusive
1: tag? Well, I think it was good for the Ravens. And um, I think that the money that Lamar Jackson is asking for is not what they're willing to give. And, mm-hmm. But they want to probably save face and keep their roster intact, so they franchise tag him. And that franchise mm-hmm. tag is almost $32 million for next year. And in franchise tagging now he has the opportunity to go shop himself and talk to other teams and um and if they want to offer that type of money then, you know, he can go with them or the Ravens can, you know, match that particular um um contract. What is so weird here, Brittany, is that after this franchise tag was announced, um, eleven teams came out within the hour and said, Well, we're not seeking any, any, any negotiation with Lamar Jackson or the Ravens. You know, mm-hmm. that says that this, this is really bigger than just the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. There's two things here, I think, and that is, is that I don't know how many GMs or owners believe in Lamar Jackson, the Af- African-American quarterback, who plays for the Ravens. And second is I don't think there are a lot of teams who want to deal with Lamar Jackson as his only negotiator. He is it. He's not using his mom. He's not using another agent. It's him himself. And I don't, I think people are offended by that. And if they're not offended, they're acting like there is something wrong here. So this is where we are. and I think it's sad because I fo- I kind of thought today, well, you know, maybe they're right because he's just not really played a whole lot. No, that's not true. That's not true. Um, you know, uh, the, the first three years, he only missed two games total, his first three three years. And then the last two years, you know, he played 12 games each season. That's not bad. Now, he's been hurt,
0: mm-hmm. but I think
1: there's a lot to say about the offensive line and all of that. But, the Ravens are where they are, and he wanted Deshaun Watson money and some more, and they weren't willing to give it, so they franchise tag him. And within the confines, now he can go and seek, you know, other offers and see where he is.
0: Yeah, that was actually my next question um, for you. Why do you think it's happening? <clears throat> what do you think is happening? Or um, well, what was the reason? That, why do you think teams are starting to drop out uh, of the Lamar uh, race? But to go to the first part, um, I do think, to in my mind, I do think it is the, next, the non-exclusive tag was a good move for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, this allow Lamar to go out and negotiate his own deal, um, whether it works out for him or not. But he can see, he has the ability to now see what his how teams view him, whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing. And this also gives the Ravens, in my opinion, a little bit more time to make a decision. Although we could say, oh, they had two years to figure this out. I think it comes down to numbers. Um, like you, like you said, Princess, what Lamar is requesting is not what the Ravens are willing to give. They're they're just not. I'm pretty sure they have offered him, in our my and our eyes would probably be a nice good contract. You know. But I think the problem will be that guaranteed side of things, the guaranteed. He wants a fully guaranteed deal. The Ravens do not want to do that. And I think that's where the difference is. That's where the problem is arising. Um, and I'm thinking that Lamar is going to other teams requesting similar, a similar thing, and other teams are saying, no, we're not giving you that. I think yeah. Lamar has to understand that. That Deshaun Watson thing was a – that was just a – a crazy situation. It really was. It was. It, it, it was a crazy situation, and that's why no other quarterback has yet to even receive it. I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is going to go and get a deal like that. Um, I, I just don't. The only quarterback that would may be able to get the deal like that is Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes is locked in for the next so many years. You know, they may yeah. be, be stuck here a little bit to change things around. His contract is not fully guaranteed. So that was just a one-off thing that we'll probably never see or be very rare if we ever see it again. And Lamar has to recognize that, and I don't think he's recognizing. And I think these other teams are saying, why will we give you a fully guaranteed deal The Falcons, um, a few other teams that's in that, especially in the top ten, when you have an Anthony Richardson in the draft. Can run strong arm. He has some things to work on but we can go get a Bryce Young. We could go get a C.J. Stroud. Um, so I think Lamar's really going to have to sit back and think about it, although he is a former MVP. He does deserve to get paid nicely, but
1: he's not going to get that full guaranteed deal. No. And I really think he needs to, to, to get him an agent. Um, I really don't yes. think that – um, these GMs or owners or even the negotiators want to negotiate with Lamar Jackson. And I think he rolled the dice, you know, after um, two years ago, he came into this season and said, well, you know what, we're just not going to talk about contracts once the season starts. And um, it didn't get worked out. And then, you know, he got hurt. And so he didn't play um, five games. He only played 12. Um, so he missed five games and then he didn't come back and play, in the, the playoff game, and for some reason there was just a lot of controversy behind that, saying that, you know, why would you leave your teammates hanging? You could have played and you didn't, da-da-da-da. There was a lot behind that, and I I don't think we've seen the last of this, but I, I think the Sean Watson mm-hmm. contract was um, something, an anomaly, and I don't I think GMs and owners don't don't want to make that the standard, and – the bar. They're trying to stay away from that, and that was just a crazy deal the Cleveland Browns was willing to give, um, considering where Deshaun Watson was, and here we are. But Lamar's not going to get that, and I'm interested to see, interested to see where this goes.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, we will find out hopefully within the next couple weeks, but it's going to be interesting because the longer this drags out, I think the less money Lamar is going to get. And it always ends up that way. So Lamar, I agree with you, Princess. Go get yourself an agent. All right, Princess. Before we head into break, um, I just want to talk about this real quick
1: because we
0: have been hearing this guy's name all year long. It's been it's been irritating me just like when he was on Jeopardy. Need to sit down somewhere. (laughs) But ever since quarterback Derek Carr has signed with the Saints, there have been many, many, many reports that now have Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets if he decides to leave the Packers. Will Aaron Rodgers make the Jets a Super Bowl contender?
1: You know, I don't think so. And I think his talent is that there is that potential for him to do that. But I I question his locker room. I question his locker room awareness. I question his team player um, um, approach now. And I think he just comes with so much drama. But the Jets are putting all their eggs in that basket. And I'm still surprised, Brittany, that we are here because he could get $59 million if he came back to the Packers. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that he is going to, to forego that. Um, I think, though, that he loves all of this conversation about himself he loves that so does he make an um, an instant um, championship East, you know division winner and headed into the playoffs in the number two or three you know um, spot I I don't think so I don't think so and how many years is he going to be there you know I I think he's at the end of his career is he going to give you two three more years and if he does what is that going to cost you in the long run, if this is just a two- or three-year investment, it's going to cost you some draft picks. It's going to cost you a whole lot of money. And I don't know if you're going to get your return on investment. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, like you discussed, they're in the same
0: division as the Bills, right, the Dolphins, the Patriots. Then you've got to go up against Patrick Mahomes. You still have the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I know I'm missing a couple other talented teams in the AFC. The AFC is tough and they have a lot of good quarterbacks over there, a lot of good players. Um, I do think it depends on who they're able to get in, the, in free agency as well as the draft. But it's going to be a little bit, be a little bit tough in free agency trying to pay for a Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, I do think they have a great young defense, especially with Sauce Gardner. That defense has turned around, been amazing. I love Hall, who's their running back. Um, they have a couple young good receivers. I know Corey Davis is on there, although he's been in the league for a little bit. <sighs> I think they could be a good playoff team. You know, I think they could make a couple, win a couple good games in the playoffs. As far as the Super Bowl, I just don't see them there, even with the Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the most, one of the most talented quarterbacks we have ever seen. But as you alluded to, we just don't know Aaron Rodgers' mindset. Will he be with the young guys because they are young, or is he going to be this egotistical Aaron Rodgers that, when they're in trouble, blames everybody else? And I think that's a big difference maker. And I think because of that, they're not – I do agree with you. I do not think they are a Super Bowl contending team, but I think they will be a good playoff team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But is is that investment worth it for right. to make the playoffs? You know, um or or do you go back and revisit the quarterbacks on 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 your roster? You know, I think it's Mike Jones, if I'm not mistaken. He did not look bad. But and, and then do you address the talent and the professionalism of Zach? I think it's Wilson. You know, do you go do that? But to say now that Aaron Rodgers is out there and available and we're gonna go try to get him you're saying then you're, trying, you're looking for a Super Bowl run, but I don't know if that does it because you're going to have to get rid of a lot of pieces, draft picks and money, um, in order to get Aaron Rodgers. And do you have the cap space for it? Because I haven't taken a look at that. The, the biggest cap space out there is, is the Chicago Bears, and they've already said we're shopping our number one pick and we're going to roll the dice with, with Justin Fields and develop him. So and, and I know he's not going to the Bears. So he wants to go mm-hmm. to the AFC, and I'm surprised about that. But here we are again in the off season, talking about Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think they have the number 13th overall pick. See if you could trade up there um, or maybe trade – maybe go get Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson would be great if he's willing to go to the Jets. Um, he just has to come down on his price. But I think Aaron Rodgers is too much of an investment – and he may retire within the next couple of years anyway. And it's such a young team. You don't want to deal with that. All right, guys. Yeah. We're, going head, we're going to head into our first break. When we come back, Princess takes over. And guess what? we still going to have some more sports fun. Let's go. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> but you guys are listening to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper right here on Never Had a So Good Sports Radio. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Wonker. We make it easy to talk sports. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start. Dance, hand placement,
1: hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again,
0: camplyman.com.
1: All right, welcome back to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. I'm here, She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess with my co-host, Brittany Jones. A shout out to our six o'clock hour with, with Duck Rowley. And we had on the We Know Track guys, track coaches from the, the um, New Jersey area, um, Mr. Booker, also Rutgers, and also Richardson. Coach Richardson, Buck, Booker, and Rutger just talked about how you build a championship track and field team and we love having those guys on twice a month all right we're back here and i want to turn our attention we talked about a lot of you know movement or non-movement in the nfl as far as quarterbacks are concerned let's turn our attention to march madness and of course really i want to talk march madness on the women's side they had their conference championship um tournaments last week and um, I really want to turn my attention to South Carolina and them going undefeated 32 and 0 Don Staley a Philadelphia native and, she, native and she makes no bones about it she she walks like a Philadelphia eagle um, a Philadelphian native for sure but Brittany, what do you think about this 32-0 and season and now they're just waiting to see where they fall in the bracket and then they got six more wins? That's a lot of wins, and they got to now go 38-0 and for a national championship. Do you think they can do it? I do think they can do
0: it. Um, I don't know why they're waiting to see where they fall in a the bracket. They should be number one, as we all. I hope we all know it. At least I know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I knew from you know a couple years ago or last year after they won. Um, what did I say? I said this is the what the rise of the dawn or whatever I came up with. I, I came up with something for mm-hmm. Dawn Sully because I knew anything that Dawn Sully does, anything she puts her mind to, whether it's a coach, whatever she wants to do, recruiting, she's going to excel at it and six be the best angel at it and that's what she's doing that's what she's showing um i think she's the best coach i think she's the best coach in women's basketball right now not to knock any of the uh other coaches but that's how good darn Staley ha- is and will be but as far as the team they're decent <laughs> they play so well defensively. Yeah. they click on all cylinders um I- believe they're holding teams to an average of 60-something points per game, um, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little slightly more. Naya um, mm-hmm. Cook, the guard, to me, is amazing. She can shoot. She, <laughs> she's so careful. Aaliyah Boston is averaging almost a double-double. She is dominant in the post. Um, this team is – they basically have everything that you want on this team. They work so well together they're undefeated for a reason, guys. And if you sit down and watch them, they're dominating teams time after time after time. Even when they mess up, eventually they get it together. Sully makes call a timeout, say, hey, we got to get together. And next thing you know, here they go. They're dominating this team and that team, and they end up winning the game. This is a good team, and this is what you want to see on the basketball court.
1: Yeah, you know, Brittany, I happen to say, on one of the shows with Duck and the other ladies on basketball is that I kind of wanted them um, to maybe get a loss there somewhere so they can refocus. A uh, Undefeated season is hard to do. And Duck said, no, mm-hmm. you can go undefeated, Princess, go undefeated. Don't wish for that at all. And I watched Don Staley in South Carolina in um, the SEC tournament last week, and they got a double bye, so they only play Friday and Saturday or No, they play Saturday and Sunday. I think they got a double by that way. Um, I may be wrong. They played three: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. While the other teams played five teams, so they came in on Wednesday. Don and them came on on, on, in on Friday. But we were talking about Rev and I. um, Don Staley after the they won the game. You know, she was off dancing with the band. The band was playing and she was directing the band. And he said, Mm -hmm. well, her young ladies are being interviewed. She's not worried about them. And that dawned on me, um, Brittany, is that I've never seen any of her players over the past 12 years get out of place. They've not gone off the rails. They've not done anything. They have really listened to her coaching. And I think they understand if they don't, then they're going to see the Philly side of her. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But she has created herself um a championship mindset. Their defense is out of this world and um they were a plus ninety three in blocks over other teams and that was in the Ooh. middle of the season. Um so and they have height. And you know, Aaliyah Boston is sitting at six four, six five and her off the bench here comes Cardosa at six seven and then you have Zia Cook. Who can shoot the rock? Um, who really? I think she's come up to the next level. So I think they can do it. I, you know, and um, I don't know who else is who else is out there. I said Stanford is their competition, but Stanford has collected mm-hmm. themselves six losses here lately, and they lost in the Pac-12 tournament um, and to, to Utah, um, I think it was. So Stanford isn't it. I, I I really like Virginia Tech, but. You know, all those other teams are sitting with five, six, seven losses, and they're sitting undefeated. I, I think they can do it, but man, that's a tough road. I hope they focus and they're ready for the matchup.
0: Yeah, I think I think they'll do it. I think they they really will. I think it comes down to defense. I think they'll settle down on defense. Um, they've been there before. Their their leaders: Aaliyah, Boston, Zay, Cook, um, a couple other ones. They been there, done it, so they understand what it takes um, and mm-hmm. how to maintain their focus during this time and Dawn Stiller will ensure that they do that, that they stay focused and they're ready and prepared um, so I absolutely think they're going to do it and I absolutely think at the end they're going to hold up that trophy once again.
1: Yeah, their starting point guard rolled her ankle on Saturday and tried to come back and play and just really couldn't go and they're um um, next point guard Raven Johnson came in McDonald's All-American and she played every minute in the championship game on on Sunday and and it didn't seem to <laughs> to miss a beat she didn't she didn't seem like she was breathing hard played in, entirely every minute so that team is well put together let's see what happens I want to talk about you know Coach of the Year um, you know the easy answer is Don Staley and I really think it's hers to um, to lose, but there's two others out there, you know. Now Ivy, who won the regular season ACC with Notre Dame, first time an African American coach has done that, and then Kenny Brooks, he won the tournament ACC tournament um, last last week, and it's the first time Virginia Tech has ever won an ACC tournament. So there's those two coaches out there who sitting pretty, but I think it's Don Staley's to lose. What what do you think, Brittany?
0: Yeah, I absolutely think it's Dawn Shirley's. to lose. I mean, her, first of all, her team is 32-0. and 0. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat that. Exactly. And what they're doing, they are dominating teams on the court, and it starts with defense a lot of the time. So it's so hard. Like, the way she recruits, the way she coaches, the way she's a teacher mm-hmm. on the court, you know, and she does have patience. Like you mentioned, the way her um, – Her athletes or her players, you know, sound when they're speaking to the media, very mature and very put put together. You know, they carry themselves very, very well. You know, this team is hitting on all cylinders, and I can't really see a team beating them. You know, I'm looking down the list. You look at teams like Iowa, UConn, so forth, so forth, so forth. I don't see any of these teams beating them. Even Stanford, like I, I just don't. I think. South Carolina, they're that good, and it is because of Don Staley.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think they're they're mentally prepared for this next run, and I really want to see them go back to back. Before um, Don Staley got to Columbia, South Carolina, and put together a team, they um, they had never won an SEC um, regular season or tournament um, championship, and now they're sitting. Um, with eight of those if i'm not mistaken so in in two national championships so we're going to leave it right there on that one um, you know we talked coach of the year um for sure what about player of the year Caitlin clark is sitting over there at iowa and her stats in her last <laughs> um, conference game last week um the the big ten she had 30 points and um 12 rebounds and 10 Ten assists, she had a triple double. But it's either Caitlin Clark or Leah Boston. Your thoughts about that? Yeah,
0: this one is a, this one's tough. Um, yeah, Caitlin Clark, the way she shoots, she sh- she just shoots right out. Hey, she's like the
1: female
0: <laughs> Steph Curry when it comes to shooting. But in a way, she's better than the fem- she's better than Steph Curry. Not no, as far as being compared because she rebounds eight rebounds per game. She she has assists almost but about eight or nine assists per game, so she's close mm-hmm. to averaging a triple double, while still shooting almost fifty percent from the uh, field goals. So her oh my goodness, Caitlin Clark is just an amazing player. But then you do have a Leah Boston, whose team is thirty two and zero. She's almost averaging a double double. But one person, you know, a lot of people don't mention um, from LSU, Angel Reese. Her team is 28-2. Um, she's averaging, mm-hmm. what, 23-15 and two assists. So she's such a great player as well. Any which way you put it, these three players will be stars in the WNBA, I do believe. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to go over to Leah Boston.
1: But the thing is, yeah, Peyton you know, Clark I... does
0: on this court, is <laughs> just impressive. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I got to go with
0: Clark for this one.
1: And I agree, Brittany. I don't think we should hand them out just because they had it before. And I know too that we're looking at a team with South Carolina, where they're 32 and 0, and and Aaliyah Boston didn't have to play those type of minutes this year because the bench right. is so so deep. Um, mm-hmm. And they're averaging getting 30 points off the bench a game. They're getting 30 points off the bench a game. That's an average. That's crazy, but. I just don't see how you deny, as Tim Moore said, Caitlin Clark is something special, and this may be her year. Right. Um, and I'm and I'm glad glad that we're having that debate. And you know, for women's basketball, that is encouraging itself. So, um, but I, I'm about to agree with you. I, you know, I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina, but I, I just think I don't know how you can deny um, Caitlin Clark. I'm not going to fuss if it's Leah Boston. But Caitlin Clark has put up the numbers, and she had a, a buzzer leader against Indiana, and Holly Rose said, did you think it was going in? And she looked at Holly Rowe and said, I knew it was money when it left my hands."
0: Yeah, see, that's <laughs> pure confidence. Oh, yeah, that's
1: no stopping. Any player
0: with pure yeah. confidence that high, it is so hard to stop them.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. There's nothing to yeah. do about that. That, to me, she's definitely the player of the year. I think so. I think so. Um, Brittany, I put on this list just because I got something positive to say about my my, my Lakers. My LA Lakers. <laughs> they they you know, they're beating some teams now. They beat the Warriors and they beat the Grizzlies. I don't know who's next on that list, but um and they're doing it with LeBron still out. And Anthony Davis looks like a beast, Brittany. Give me some love, Brittany. Give me some love for my
0: for my latest. Mm, do I have to? No, I'm just kidding. I, um, <laughs> no, but, you know, what, we said this, you know, me and you said this all along. This team is different mm-hmm. when Anthony Davis is playing how he's supposed to play. There when he know. is commanding that basketball, when he say, no, give me that ball, this is my team, which has LeBron, LeBron has been trying to turn this team over to Anthony Davis for the last so many years. When he's holding mm-hmm. and he's saying this is my team and he's being aggressive, the Lakers are a very good team. In my opinion, when that happens, they're a top-five team in the West. Top-five. Now, I'm not going to say three, not yet, but definitely mm-hmm. a top-five team. They're just that talented. And then the trades that they they made, um, you know, I know D'Angelo Russell is not playing yet. I think he got hurt. Um, a couple of other mm-hmm. players. He's back I think, in a
1: couple of days. or yeah, tonight hmm
0: yeah, you add those talented players to a, a healthy, he wants to basketball, Anthony Davis, with a healthy LeBron. D'Angelo Russell will open things up because he can shoot from the outside. Um, he developed as a point guard. This is a good team. This is a, this is a good team. Will they win a championship? I don't know yet. But they're definitely a playoff bound
1: team. Yeah. If they can get healthy at the end and make a run, um, in the playoffs, I, I still don't, you know. I think there's some more talented teams out there, but I like Anthony, a healthy Anthony Davis, not the street clothes Anthony Davis. But I also think Malik Beasley is looking good and making contribution And their pickup of Mobamba um, is 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 big too. I think he brings a lot of defense to um, to the team. And Dennis Schroeder. Has seemed to have really blossomed once Patrick Beverly left. So, you know, a lot of um, key points here. We'll see if they can they can keep it up. So, I want to move on to the NFL Combine. Um, you know, and and see your get your thoughts on this. I was able to watch a lot of it Friday, Saturday, and, and Sunday, and and then see some replays late at night. Um, I really wanted to see. Uh, some different players, but your thoughts, Brittany? Who stood out to you? And maybe you know if, if you can, who were your top five from the combine? If you if you have a top five.
0: So who stood
1: out to me? This is going to be
0: um, not the the fancy shiny toy, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it was Georgia's uh, offensive tackle. I think his name is Broderick. Bro, is Broderick Jones? I believe. Um, he was about six five, three hundred and eleven pounds. He was the fastest <laughs> offensive lineman in the draft. I think he did like a sub five oh he's like a four nine seven forty. a man that size to run that bit to run that fast, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. He showed great explosion uh uh explosiveness. Uh, he just looked real he looked very natural in the drills, maintained a great strong base. Um, anybody know anything about offensive linemen? They have to have a strong a good base, especially when those defensive linemen are cu- coming at him, you have to be strong. And then, as we know, in college, he played very, very well um, against some of the best players in the National Football Team. And I do believe he's a first-round draft pick. And after this, mm-hmm. after this combine performance, I believe he improved um, his positioning in the draft. So that is my standout. Oh, and then my top five. I'm sorry. My top five, uh, not necessarily in particular order, but obviously I have to go with quarterback C.J. Stroud. Everything just looks so natural for him, you know, and easy. Mm It's easy for C.J. Stroud. I love quarterback Anthony Richardson. I think he definitely improved um, his stock position. He's already potentially going into uh, maybe that 10th or 11th, 12th. I think he's a top uh, maybe seven or eight now. Um, Mm -hmm. Quarterback. The cornerback out of Oregon, Christian Gonzalez, is another one. He looks very smooth in his hips. Everything just looks easy for him. He's long. Um, I, also, Georgia's edge rusher, Nolan Smith, he was fast. I think yeah. he ran a four, three. Oh, my goodness. What he ran a 4.36. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was shocked, and then I had to give credit to uh, Alabama. I think he performed with the the corners, but he may be a safety. Alabama's Brian Branch, I believe, is his name. Um, I think he's going to be a fantastic safety in the NFL, and he's he definitely um, increases draft positioning as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think my favorite one. Um, I, I, I love that. Yeah. I can't talk now. Broderick Jones is definitely (laughs) one of my favorite ones. You get a guy that big who is running down there and gets a sub-five seconds for the 40, you got to hand it to him for sure. Nolan Smith was another one. That I was very impressed with who didn't play a lot last year for Georgia because he had tore his pectoral muscle. He's come back and mm-hmm. he's in tip-top shape. Um, Anthony Richardson really surprised me. You know, the vertical um, jump was the best ever by any quarterback at the combine. The broad jump was the best ever by any quarterback at the combine. And then he runs a 4-4. Forty. So I think he opened up a lot of eyes today. He interviewed with the Indianapolis Colts. He was on at their com, you know, their complex today in Indiana. So Indiana. So we'll see what that does. Um, another one I really wanted to see what Bijan Robinson did as a running back out of Texas, mainly because I just love that name. But I really thought he made an impact last year, and he looked good. I wanted to see if Bryce Young would work out. He didn't. And I want to see how he handles his pro day. But he stood out to me because um, he interviewed well, but they really kind of ripped him up as far as his height is concerned and the size of his hand. But he still, I, I think, is one of one of those that stood out to me. And then um, Brian Reese with the Clemson Tigers, he had himself a bench press day, a 40-time a day. And so I think he's going to go in the first round um in in the nfl draft but i think the one um i think cj stroud is 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 a given um i, I want to see what happens after that though is it bryce young is it will Levitz? and will will levitt go before anthony richardson but i think if anything all the conversation about richardson he definitely did not hurt himself in that combine um my concern is he's only played 13 games in college is he another Mitchell Trubisky? Because we were saying the same thing about him with North Carolina. But um, I love the draft. The men that we had on, coaches from college, the other day. I want to say it was Tuesday night. They said we should do away from it with the with the combine. Your thoughts about that? Um, they said it's just for show, but that's okay. I think it really gives them at least exposure to visit with all 32 teams. Mm-hmm. They all get to go through that. If nothing else, I think that's important. Your thoughts about keeping or dropping the combine? You no, know, they absolutely
0: should keep the combine. You don't drop that. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it, it grabs fans' attention. It keeps them involved in football, knowing what's going on with these players, the off season, Um, makes, feel, makes fans feel like they're a coach and they're analyzing these players, even if they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Um, and then, like you said, for players, it allows them to speak with all of the teams, you know, to give them the opportunity to say, hey, to so basically sell themselves. I know you don't want to say that, but just like in a job interview, you have to sell themselves to sell yourself in that interview. And this is their interview uh, process. So, you know, this is their feature. And some players this may be the only time that these teams get to meet with them or really get to see them. I know you have your your pro day. Um, but you just never know what can transpire between the combine and now. And this puts you more on the national level versus just a couple of uh, teams coming to your pro day, because all players don't get all 32 teams to come see them at their pro day. So I love the combine and what it does for the
1: fans and the players. That's right. I agree with you. Brenton Cox, a a defensive end for the Florida Gators. He first was – um, a Georgia Bulldog and he was kicked off the team for Georgia and then he became a Florida Gator and then last year the Gators kicked him off the team so he had two SEC power five teams that he played for that he could not control the off the field issues and he got kicked off the team but he was invited to the combine he did well as far as the 40 time was concerned and other measurables but they said that he made excuses for his behavior and really blame the Gators and the the Bulldogs for his misfortunes and being kicked off. He did not take ownership of it. So um, I hope he gets another opportunity to sit down with all 32 teams, but, you know, it could go either way. And he got, he had the opportunity to come clean and said, Hey, you know, um, the common denominator is me. And I don't think he did that. But that was surprising to me. The GM talked about that after the combine.
0: Yeah, that's not good. That could potentially sound like he may go undrafted. I hope he doesn't. I hope, like you say, he
1: gets mm-hmm.
0: an opportunity. But when you get dismissed from a team and then you go into questioning with these teams and you don't take accountability or ownership, um, that just, it doesn't, that's that's not going to fare well for him yeah.
1: at all. He had to get them dismissed from the Bulldogs and get an opportunity with the Gators and play well one year and they get get this dismissed again. Um, that does not look good. I hope he can rebound mm-hmm. from that. Last thing, your thoughts about Tiger Woods at all? You know, I think there are people in life who just don't can't seem to have a good relationship. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm such a huge Tiger Woods fan. Um, but his girlfriend is suing him, saying that she was kicked out, and she thought she had 11 years in that in that home. Your, your thoughts about the confusion with Tiger Woods? So they
0: broke up, so that's why she's suing them? Man, can I sue they anybody broke up. who I ever broke, broke up with and get $30 million? <laughs> they broke up
1: last October, November, and she continued to stay there. So he tricked her and said, hey, we're going to take a trip. So, um, he said, just meet me at the airport. I'm already here. Um, so security helped her, you know, get packed. And then she met him at the airport and when she got there, security said, um, you're no longer welcome at the house. This is where he and his kids stay and you're locked out and you need to find a place to stay. That's how he told her. So. That's not right. That's wrong. He shouldn't have did it that way. Um,
0: but he, she's been in that house for 11 years, I believe. She might have yeah. some right to, to something. I don't no, know what California's is. she's been in that house is. six
1: years. She's oh, been in six there six years. years. But she said she had an oral agreement to be there 11 years. I don't – an oral agreement, so.
0: Yeah, I don't know about an oral agreement, especially if he's saying, no, we didn't. You need a written agreement for that to transpire. So yeah. if this becomes something he says. He
1: say, she say, type of deal. I don't know how well that's yeah. going to for her, but good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, and hopefully, see, let's see if you can get those thirty million for sure. Well, Brittany, that's another right. good show. <laughs> um, I appreciate you and Women in Women's History Month. Um, I think we're making our own little history here with our show. Thank you. Take us out. Give us our last word.
0: Um, You know what I always say, because I just see so much much violence in the world. I just want to say, please continue to spread love and respect each other. You may not have to agree with somebody and their life choices, but just learn to understand and love
1: them anyway. Amen. Amen. Never had it so good, Sports Radio. She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess. See you next time.